Hello and welcome to When Will It End. It's the movie podcast where we watch the movies. We start with the first in the series, Charles. You remember this from the other episodes? We start in the first, uh, we've done a few of these now. Start with the first one in the series. In this case, of course, The Great Starship Troopers by Paul Verhoeven, who said, What if space was horny? And full of bugs. And full of bugs, exactly. Beautifully put. Yeah. Charles, welcome to the show. Thanks. I'm Josh. I'm Charles. Yeah, I just want to make sure we cover that early on. Some listeners, they tune in and they say, what is these guys? Sorry, my... Charles is figuring out his mic. We're still workshopping this new studio arrangement. Yeah, I built this um, (laughs) wooden thing. Well, just to clarify, during the record, was it for Starship Troopers? (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Last, fans will, listeners and fans will recall, last episode I tore something out of Charles's wall. I couldn't even get all of it out. Well, I think it's a weird situation where one of the screws seems like invincible. Well, no, so that's actually the the that was the pivot point. It's the main screw, which the anchor is this long. It's like the size of a a, a Starship Trooper bullet. I'm wow. imagining. Yeah. No, we we see a bunch. Remember the in the first one they hand out the bolts to the kids. Yeah, that's right. Fresh meat for the grinder. Ching ching. Uh, so now Charles has created like a it's a portable table sort of yeah well i, I was i it's like a <laughs> surface with a block on it and the arm of the of the mic stand is attached to the block it's very modular very futuristic i was like where are we the federation trooper town trooper town yeah and it's the 22nd a, century itself it's made out of wood yeah. so probably not no we could be in the 17th century can we, for can all we paint it gunmetal oh, no. The stopwatch is going to shut off. Oh, that's okay. I'm just going to look at my phone. Okay, so we've been going for two minutes. Okay, two minutes. Great. And hey, as listeners know, it has been a great two minutes. So I actually, you know, kind of unlike our normal episodes where, you know, we'll sort of kibitz and jibble and jangle and whatever. What is all that? Let's just get into it today because we we just watched Starship Troopers 2, colon, Hero of the Federation. Yeah, just got out of the room. That's an amazing subtitle. Oh, my God. I, I think... Everyone goes, it's personal this time or whatever. There are some good subtitles, and this is definitely one of them. Hero of the Federation, it continues. One of my big fears was Starship Troopers was seemingly misunderstood by most critics, especially, oh, I didn't, we, I read the, like, Ebert's best paragraph after we stopped recording, but it was basically like, the violence was boring, and then they go to their planet, and it's so boring, I had to wonder what the bugs eat. That's like... That's classic Roger. <laughs> classic Good Roger. For him. What do they eat? Rocks. It was. An, it's incredible. Anyone who should. Everyone should uh, read some Ebert. If you love film, you you're gonna want to read the ramblings of a terrible <laughs> critic who seemingly has no ability to engage with any subtext in any film ever. Yeah, and then his brain just moves to the like most boring question. Can I just point out that? This whole, if you've been listening to this show before, our basic premise is that all sequels are secretly the greatest films ever made, and Roger Ebert, the most beloved film critic, is a moron. Yeah. And that's sort of, like, we pick on a dead man and tell you all to go watch Starship Troopers 2. That's sort of like, that, this episode... This is a, yeah, this is quintessential, when will it end? Exactly. Yeah. So, I want you to know one thing about this film, okay? You want me to know? Yeah. And, listeners... and hey, if the listeners along the way in listening right. happen to soak up some of this raw wisdom about the drop, good for them. All the better for them. Starship Troopers cost over $100 million. Damn. Big movie. In 96? 97. Seven. Same year, of course, that Sid Meier's Gettysburg was released. Um, uh, this movie comes out seven years later 
in 2004, directed by the great Phil Tippett, who Paul Verhoeven uh, credits his special effects work to basically basically making Starship Troopers work to begin with. Uh, Tippett, his shit's been in Star Wars, Jurassic Parks, other stuff. He's good at doing stuff. Special he, effects, they call him. Yeah, he did RoboCop. He did RoboCop? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Good stuff. Now, uh, guess how much this movie costs. I will guess $15 million. $7 million. Wow. This movie had a... They, they cite this as having, like, single-digit percentage, the budget of the first film. And let's get one thing out of the way. A big part of this show, I think, especially in the world of sequels and franchising, is entering that world with the spirit of let's meet this thing where it is yeah because the narrative that we keep encountering over the course of the show as we go back to visit contemporary reviews of films exactly like this is that oh boy another stupid cash in from cynical hollywood giving us another sequel that has you know no new ideas right you know that like that's the sort of basic party line of a lot of old school criticism that we read about these these things and in this case, I think this movie is the perfect encapsulation of if you meet it where it is and understand what makes it special, this is a f- really fucking fun movie that I really loved watching with you this morning, Charles. Yeah, absolutely. This was, I, I was, as I was saying, like, I was very afraid that this was going to just, especially after 9-11, this was just going to be fully non-satirical, like, what if bugs were bad and what if humans were good and, and let's watch them kill a bunch of bugs. Yeah, last episode we were like... So traumatized were we by Die Hard 2 and RoboCop 2, which are unapologetically fascistic movies that just celebrate violence and the police and armed uh, agents of uh, the American government in general. We were terrified that, oh, no, what if Paul Verhoeven's bone dry satire about the very real fascist world that we actually live in uh, just turns into like a reverie about how cool it is to watch uh, hunky hot people shoot bugs. And this movie, to its credit picks up right where the last one left off we are very much looking at this concept of watching a piece of propaganda but it's directed by this guy phil tippett who's like i'm gonna fucking do with the scant materials that i have at hand and again this movie looks like a seven million dollar this was released direct to stars encore incredible yeah an an aughts premium i didn't even know they did that back then yeah when i learned that i was like wow this is this beat hbo go by 20 years well i think hbo did like direct to hbo movies of similarly Maybe but like right. what's fun about this is that like people are it's like oh straight to straight to video or whatever this technically speaking is not straight to video no uh, technically speaking this premiered as straight like a made for tv movie that yeah. was later released on video sure but if you put all that together where it's like legendary cult special effects genius oscar nominee phil tippett um micro budget compared to its predecessor knowing this was not going to be direct sent to theaters this fucking kind of is i don't know if it's a home run but it's like a double it's an extra base absolutely i'm i'm gonna say something absolutely insane it doesn't even really matter but basically if you take away all of the cultural bullshit around star wars and i'm it's okay if i talk about star wars uh you know what Okay. (laughs) I was worried. I thought you were going to say no. I'm happier than an Ewok on uh, at at the. Well, I didn't give uh, you permission, motherfucker. Oh, sorry. 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 Um, Charles, if you're comfortable with it, and only if you're comfortable with it, I don't want you to be uncomfortable with it. That's very nice. To any degree. That's very nice. I'm a nice man. Can I talk about Star Wars? 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm as happy as an Ewok on freaking... Uh, Death the, Star Day. Uh, Death Star Day. Yeah. When, when they all the friends came together and there were fireworks... And, and and Anakin is there as a ghost. Yeah. And it's Hayden Christensen's and then my in favorite 19, scene in Star oh Wars. Oh my god. In ninety six it became Hayden and this the fireworks look better. Yeah, yeah. That's the that's the best version of Return of the Jedi yeah. I've seen. Uh not ninety six. What are you talking about? You got brain worms, my man. No. That's yes. when the special editions came out. In nineteen ninety six? Right? No. When did they come out? Hayden Christensen doesn't even show up until the oh, second you're right. prequel. So no. No, they fixed that. They fixed that. Wait, when did I? Th- I could have sworn. Released them. It just never doesn't fucking matter. I could have sworn they were released. We're in the 90s. here to talk about 2004's Starship. Well, I, know, I was going to say Hero of the Federation, directed by Phil Tippett. I was going to say something wild that if you remove the cultural baggage from Star Wars, this is a much better movie than Star Wars. And if initially, I was like. The comparison made more sense before it sort of became full horror because it was very like sci-fi, laser guns, like close one couple of scenes, deserts. And it has become more of a horror movie, so maybe the comparison isn't quite as good. But I still think overall this is a better movie than any in the original trilogy, except for maybe the second one. Uh, You know, sure. And it's, it's America. You're allowed to say whatever you want. I, I think this this is... Not, I think, by by virtue of its uh, of the resources that, that it had available, I don't really know if I can honestly say that this packs the same emotional punch of a uh, Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, for example, and also like think if I think basically the takeaway from Star Wars, and I appreciate you giving me the space to talk about it, is that if Harrison Ford weren't in the first movie, I don't think it would have worked. I think no. He, I think he. Why cared. are we talking about this? He said I could. I know, but now we're like. We're you told me I could. Oh, God damn it! What the fuck? You can't just say I can talk about it and then yell at me for talking about it. <laughs> anyway, you make me matter than uh, Captain Dax when a commanding officer is being a dickhole. <laughs> yeah, he kills so many commanding officers. Okay, so a few things about this movie: uh, they wanted to bring back Clancy Brown to play Zim in this movie oh, in the nice. Dax role. So their original vision of this was oh. that it was going to be Zim from the first movie. Uh, That's a great idea. It is a fun idea because, yeah. like, I think you know, what w- what we were so concerned about was like, how do you go back to something as unbelievably cynical and, as the first movie and not make it corny and annoying? And I think they pretty much like brilliantly shot the needle here, where it's like we're, we're sort of seeing this is sort of like a mixture of like Platoon meets the Thing mm-hmm. with a little bit of the aliens in it, kind yeah. of, where it's like. We, let's go back to this world and go on the ground, which was obviously, you know, the 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 action in the first movie is unimpeachably just great fucking movie action. Yeah. It's that part is there's no, there's no cynicism in that. Like we're seeing a really interesting, engaging action movie, and it's like let's get back in the nitty gritty of it all. Mm-hmm. But this time, it's what? a haunted house movie. Yeah, it's it's a spooky horror movie. It's a spider movie. Yeah, as I like to call it. Yeah, the, 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 like the when the strings go. Bing, 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 yeah, spider music. Yeah, yeah. You said that a few times. Well, I, I told you once, and I'm telling the listeners that that's what I call spider music when yeah. it's like. Do what I call spider music? Spider Man, Spider Man. Oh, I thought you were gonna do does whatever a spider can. Spins his web and sounds catches thieves just like this song. Look out! Here comes the Spider Man. Wait, can you do the whole turn it Eternals song? The Eternals song. <laughs> from the movie Eternals. <laughs> Here come the Eternals. They're diverse. Oh, yeah. No, I said um, 
Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. Teenage Mutant Ninja, Ninja Turtle. Turtle. Well, I was driving to Northampton yesterday, not boasting, and I, I always drive by the house that the, 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 the Turtles built, famously, mm-hmm. uh, where uh, either what Eastman or McLaren, I don't know which one of them, but one of them bought a house out in the Pioneer I think Valley. Eastman, but I don't know. Yeah, and then like him and his wife divorced, and he went to Hollyweird. Really? You went and, from Northampton to Hollyweird? Yeah. It's the wow. classic trajectory. Wow. You write the, Is there oh, a canon in Northampton that just makes it easier? Yeah, yeah, there's a huge people size. It's a giant Oxville Jack yeah. S4 size cannon, and they blasted old Eastman, and he flew like a dove. That's ironic that Eastman yeah. went west. <laughs> okay, that's the episode. <laughs> Thanks for listening. We have a Patreon. Anywho, okay, Starship Troopers 2. Things start out a little shaky where yes. basically on a, on a micro budget, they're trying to shoot a big scene and it's just extremely clear that we're not really going to get that. And of course, we, to, to this film's credit, we do start with the classic, would uh, you know, full propaganda zone where we sort of settle into the action through the, le- the framing device of we're once again watching a piece of Federation propaganda. We need yeah. heroes. I like that this one. I mean, the first one's obviously genius. I love that it's sort of like that's a that's a a useful motif to always bring us back like oh no we're just watching propaganda i like that this is basically just bookends it because it does it's like i think i think this is like it's great franchising but it also just is like this whole story you can get lost in it until the ending crazy speech from the brain bug uh the guy like the new general yeah, that guy was in everything. I gotta look up that actor's His name. speech is like the only... Re- like, that is a moment where we're like, oh, f- the story is letting us in on the satire. But overall, this is a very, you know, straight-laced action shooter with only, only a few moments where it, like, really lets you in on the brutality. Like, the first one... The first one is crazy. I don't know. Maybe it wasn't misunderstood. I guess it must have been because the critic... It definitely was. But it's like, that one goes out of its way to remind you that you're watching a satire. Right. And and what's funny about the first one is that, like, essentially what Verhoeven is saying is, like, I'm going to make this, like, ludicrous soap opera that's just designed to provoke you into this, like, fervent, you know, ethnocentric... It's not even national. It's just like this this fascistic fervor against the bugs. And this movie, what's so interesting is that what we see is what it's actually like to be a soldier in the Federation and how that experience gets warped into this propaganda. Because the Dax that we meet... You know, his whole thing is like, this is fucking bullshit. This war is bullshit. There is no glory. And this movie basically is like, we're going to take this critic, this outspoken guy who like defied authority and was against this war and against the command structure and turn him into a hero. You can't win with the Federation. Dax hated this bullshit. Yeah, he wasn't a hero and he's the first to admit it. Shed no tears for me. My glory is forever. And it's, it's sort of, you know, when you think about it on that level, you're like, well, we're obviously not watching the full propaganda because there wouldn't be the scenes that they kept in pointing to that this is all satire. But if you just sort of excuse that this isn't the full movie and they would have cut it up and we're just sort of like, we were let in on the secret of what actually happens. Right, and, and that's brilliant franchising. Yeah. I think the thing that, that when we talk about a movie like Star Wars, I think the frustration is that something that has that binary of a of a sort of the moral question at the heart of star wars is so simple where it's like you know evil empire 
good guy rebels. I sure hope they win or whatever. And in this movie, I it's do like hope they win. Yeah, you're yeah. Right. Like we're we're watching the gears of like a totalitarian state warp the human experience into more materials for the perpetuation of this empire and of this war and of this violence. Yeah. So this movie, we 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 open with the now familiar. Okay, we're watching another propaganda movie, but it's like no, we're watching the real events of something right. that are warped by this system. So it's kind of more like the Matrix in a lot of ways, where it's like we're seeing how the system works. This movie is like, b- besides being uh, Phil Tippett finding uh, a-, a lot of fun ways to have rotting corpses and ghouls and <laughs> brain explosions and new bugs and throat slittings and yeah. shit. Like, we're, we're watching the machinations of this system in this metatextual way that's kind of more daring in a sense. Because we, we start in the propaganda, we go into the reality, and then we pull back into into that, that web, that, that the, the Federation's messaging that, that can take anything that happens and churn it into more jingoistic bullshit. Yeah. That's, I think, a fascinating use of a sequel. Yeah, it's cool. And I think it was a little scary to start because... The opening scene isn't very good no. in some ways. And it's weird that they, especially after seeing the end, it seems like they had the budget to make a believable scene with lots of bugs. They decided to start off with lots of close-ups and people that were obviously in a sound stage, and then have them shoot at nothing and then cut to a CGI bug. Well, you know, who am I to say how to spend $7 million? Because, look... The- Maybe they went backwards. <laughs> <laughs> that's possible yeah i mean uh yeah th- this movie i think the seams show the most in the beginning yeah and and that's why at the beginning i was like oh no we're gonna watch probably a somewhat boring action movie but you know that's just sort of the entree to the actual film where kind of i would say you know relatively classic structure it's like we're an overwhelmed little unit of, of troops we've got to go go to the, the safe place this, this abandoned outpost and just wait for evac to come and it's going to be okay yeah and, and so it's sort of like you know kind of dawn of the daddy in a lot of ways and waiting for the hell the chopper to land on the roof you know and shit. another comparison and i'm sorry to be all comparison because there's no real need to but i think this is better than pitch black too which has a lot of similar vibes oh much commandos better weird aliens and people stuck in a place waiting to get evacuated well because pitch black is all about fucking how you know, cool riddick is yeah riddick's the coolest guy of all time he's ever. so cool and that's kind of boring and shitty. would you like to see him be cool or would you like someone to tell you that he's cool um if you're a fan of option two you're gonna love that <laughs> stupid ass <laughs> franchise which sucks <laughs> um but yeah so this movie it's like you know, it's it's so much better than Pitch Black because it's yeah, you know, it, it's it's tapped into this criticism of fascism, just, right? Just knowing that this is like another anti-fascist movie, even though it certainly seems like Phil Tippett was like, I, this is his directorial debut, and he's like, you know, I can make all the gushes and splushes and, and yeah, get me behind that camera, yeah, and boy does he have fun. He has fun with those gushes, yeah, a lot of gushes in this one. Yeah, it's it's. So it starts off, we're at the battle. Uh, for some reason, three people have to stay behind. It's uncle. I think here's, if, I, if I'm if i Phil, if you're listening and you're taking notes and you're about to make another movie, why not just start at the outpost? And I know you're maybe missing the like backstory of what happened at the previous outpost and this discovery, but like I think we could have missed that opening scene. It didn't really make any sense. It looked like shit. And all we really want to do is get them stuck in this place. Yeah, it, th- that's definitely an eating your vegetables, if you'll excuse the expression. I hate that expression. Disgusting, disgusting vegetables. No, I love vegetables. vegetables. I love vegetables. I love those scenes. Well, I don't... Why did they need to separate the general? 
Why uh, why did he have to not be No, in... no, because he gets rescued by the spoiler. You don't have to spoiler. We've <laughs> been spoiling non spoiler. What are you doing? Bug infested hotties. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for the This spoiler. movie has a really important message which I do agree with. Don't trust hot people. See, I took a whole new message. I think the bugs are the good guys. And uh, I trusted him. Yeah. Well, I think what's sick is that I don't know if it's like just our experience watching this as the people that you and I are and our our pretty uh, jaundiced view of like America and where we stand at 2022 and what's led us to this point where it's such a cutthroat top down system of brutal oppression where everyone suffers because of the cult of the individual. But the speech that we get at the end where the, mm. the bug infected general mm. played by, I looked it up. Oh, you looked it up. The wonderful uh, Ed Lauder, who is a guy who's been in everything. You know him. He's, he's, I'm going to pull up his full filmography. You know him from Cujo. He's been in 209 Wait, was, movies. Was he Cujo? He played the dog. Oh my Cujo. God. I he love that guy. He hasn't been in years. What the fuck? Maybe he died. I don't know. I don't it's so funny. Saying. I feel like, I guess it makes sense because acting does seem like a very easy job that you would never need to quit. But it's like so easy to act. It is interesting that we're like we expect actors to act until they die. When it's like, you know what? Maybe they. This guy looks old in two thousand and four. It's probably okay that he retire. He was in Talladega Nights as the Talladega Knight. Yeah. Oh my he god! I Grandpa love that guy. Grandpa's place. The same year this came out. He was in The Librarians in 2003. What? The Librarians? What the fuck is The Librarians? A Merc team called The Librarians is hired to... <laughs> this sounds good. It's, it's fucking... Oh, it's got a... What's his name in it? Bill uh, Bill Forsyth. Who's, yeah, that? Bill, Who's that? Bill Forsyth. That guy. That woman wearing no, underwear? No, not that's an Why do you have ads for underwear? Cur- for curvy couture? What are you doing Say on the... Say hello to the newest t-shirt bra <laughs> with an edgy twist. What are you no, doing Will on Forsyth, the internet? Will Forsyth. Oh yeah, he's got a gap tooth grin. Yeah, we've talked about him. He looks- Erica Alaniac is in it. Remember when when uh, fucking uh, Superman and Lois was on TV and it was uh, mm-hmm. Dean Cain. Yeah, but then I remember so much. Dean Cain was in a straight to TBS movie, like a, it was like a Christmas heist movie, and, and the ad was like, "Wait, Dean you can't Cain, steal Christmas." Erica Alaniac, and this ad was on nonstop. I'm glad 90s kids glad will you- remember. I'm a 90s kid. I have no idea what you're talking about. I'm talking about a TBS okay, movie. I, I, I'm going to look up what it was called. Now I'm, okay. now I'm nostalgic for okay. watching TBS next to the computer in my parents' basement where I was probably playing Sid Meier's Gettysburg. That's true. It's, this is a big, that was a big game. Well, I not real. Just a loser's I never game. played it. Really? No, I played Sid Meier's Pirates, which came out years later. Now, that's a video game. That's the, the, uh, the realistic uh, turn-based... Uh, top-down strategy based on the pornographic film Pirates. Mm-hmm. Highest budget oh, who, porno. If I could remember screen. anyone who's in that movie, I would be very proud of myself. Pirates. No, you can't look it up. I'm, Josh, stop watching Pirates. We're recording no, an I'm episode to, of the podcast. I'm watching Pirates right now. <laughs> what is this movie that Erica oh Laniac was in? Oh, my God. Anyway, he well, sees you while you're sleeping. Is that it? TV maybe. Movie? Is Probably. That Dean, Dean Christmas Rush. This is it. <laughs> We got to watch Christmas Rush for the podcast. Okay. In the season of giving, the department took his badge. Criminals took his wife. What? Now one cop is taking matters into his own hands. Oh, my God. This sounds good. Wow. Dean Kane as Lieutenant Cornelius Morgan and Erica Laniac as Catherine Cat Morgan. His wife? Who gets taken? No, she's gone. Move on. Wait, I thought she was taken by... In the season of Fuck. giving. 
<laughs> Taglines. The Christmas rush has just begun. What? Dean Kane, Erica Alenia. I know you're um you're Jewish. But I feel like Christmas is more of a, just an American day. Do you? Here's a review of it. Not exactly <sighs> Die Hard. Erica Laniac and Dean Kane are not Mr. and Mrs. Bruce Willis. Wow, what a fucking revolting thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this went straight to TBS. That's so sick. Hell yeah. Uh, TBS. What a fucking The amazing. Superstation. I was going to ask you, if you, you said the premium rush is just getting started. The Christmas rush. You're confusing <laughs> that for the wonderful film. Premium we got to do that. For, can we do a rush first? Oh, I'd love to. Allie and I watched that. It's. Uh, I got to watch it. It's, it's great. It's a great movie. Very we good. We could do Christmas rush and premium rush. The rushes. The rush first. And then a documentary about rush. And then Rushmore, maybe Wes Anderson. Do Rushmore, yeah, yeah. One of them. This is one of the most powerful we, canons. Hold on, I would say not just in film history, in all recorded story. What telling. if we just abandon this podcast and just do Rush movies for the rest of our lives? How many do you think we got? Probably a bunch. I don't know, like six. Do you think Chaucer ever? Like, do you think Chaucer could have written Premium Rush? Premium Rush, starring <laughs> JGL, starring JGL, and he's no. A, He's a fucking a bike, idiot. A, a courageous bike courier. Chaucer's an idiot. He, he wrote, wrote poop anti-Semite. jokes. Yeah, and he wrote fart. And fart jokes. What an idiot. Yeah. I just, it's so funny. Everyone's like, Chaucer Shakespeare. I mean, these were just like, this was the Starship Troopers of their day. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Basically. They're fucking kings. The kings of the world. God damn it. Starship Troopers 2 has a brutal IMDb score of like yes. 3.3. And it has a 33% on Rotten Tomatoes. So Rotten Tomatoes score is not super good because as you said it's a directed cable movie which it actually did get a bunch of reviews from 2004 sorry when i say a bunch it got three reviews when it came out <laughs> and then three since then wow so it's doubled its reviews since the then. boston globe reviewed it in 2009 why, why do you think that is but why 2006 sorry oh here's why uh, because it's not for Starship Troopers 2. It's for another movie, The Girls of Troop 1500. It's a Girl Scout movie. What? Rotten Tomatoes pulled in, using their algorithm, um, a movie called Troop 1500, <laughs> Girl Scouts Beyond Bars. That sounds like a pornographic nightmare. <laughs> uh, Louise Kennedy didn't like it that much. Why were they originally in bars, though? They're beyond them now. I'm confused as to what did they do? Their mothers may be convicted thieves, murderers, and drug dealers, but the girls of Troop 1500 want to be doctors, social workers, and, what the fuck? and marine biologists. We got to watch this movie. That sounds great. Okay, it's funny you said the marine biologists, because I was, I, I was just mentioned the other day to, to one of my, I think it was someone I know who has a kid of some sort. I was wondering when the kid would go through their marine biologist phase. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's everyone at some point in their lives is like, I could be a marine biologist. That sounds cool. I think... Either you or one of your best friends does it. I never yeah. wanted it, but my friend definitely wanted to be a marine Everyone knows someone's like, yeah. yeah, hang out with dolphins and shit. That yeah, sounds awesome. Yeah. I would not like it. Too wet. I mean. Too cold and wet. You got to spend a lot of time in Woods Hole because that's where the, What's natu- that? the National Marine Biology Center is. No, it sounds awful. It's in Cape Cod. It's not bad, but you know. Eh, I don't like The it. off season is long, okay? Yeah. I don't like the Cape. I love the Cape. Yeah. So Brenda Strong, who plays Sergeant Rake in this movie, was Captain Deladier, Deladier in the original Starship Troopers. The only she looked familiar to be in both films, which is funny. Is she the one that stabs herself in the leg with a bunch of needles at the end? Yes. There yeah. is a somewhat confusing. <laughs> like so, you know, this is we we discovered that the mysterious hotties who are oh my trying, god, trying they're to so hot. Everybody. They're so hot though. I think 
can we take Diet a Diet Sharon Stone looked great in this movie. So there is Diet Brad Cooper, Diet, Diet Sharon, Sharon Stone, Stone, Diet um Pat wait, what the fuck? Patrick Stewart. Yeah, yeah, Ed Ladder. And Diet I gotta look this guy up. Diet Soderbergh freak. Yeah, yeah, Peck. Sergeant yeah. Peck, the comms guy. Who there's you know what what's nice about this movie is that Tippett wastes no time explaining anything. Like, what exactly happens to humans when they become infested is very confusing. Maybe it's like, it seems like Peck contains, like, the queen of the of the infecting larva, whatever, because he, like, fully disintegrates and turns into, like, a red-eyed zombie ghoul. Yeah, this definitely felt like a 100-minute movie that was edited down to 90 or i guess 80 84 it's a tight ass fucking movie um, seven minutes of credits on this straight to fucking stars on because it did seem like there were a few things like the needles like why did we didn't know why the sergeant is infected with the the larva brain controlling bugs and then shoots herself up with what seems like a dozen needles of some origin i found his name it's a diet eddie jemison no this is normal eddie jemison Oh, no, you're no, saying no, no. the guy that he looks like. So rather than look up the actor who played Peck, you're looking up the guy that you think he's the diet version of. Yeah, we're, we didn't. We didn't. Uh, yeah, that guy. Yeah, we didn't give he's any of their stuff. names. Oh my god, he's in so much he's stuff. In so much stuff. Mostly Soderbergh movies. Yeah. Hey, I pulled up the uh, the the speech. I guess he's in Hung because he's standing. Maybe he just likes Hung. What happened? To Hung? That's, was that about a male gigolo? He's like a he's like a teacher who supplements his income by being a. Yeah, it's gigolo. about a male penis. I think. A male, yeah. I don't see things. I think a penis can be whatever gender it wants. That's why I said he's a male penis. Poor creatures. Why must me destroy you? I'll tell you why. Oh, this is the speech. Order is the tide of creation. Be yours as a species that worships the one. Wait, can I interrupt? Can I interrupt? Sorry. Listener at home, imagine a camera filming this. It's Diet Captain Picard. Yes. He's blue light. Blue light shining. He's sort of got bloody teeth, but it looks like black and purple. and And then... So that's happening, and as Josh continues as Diet Patrick Stewart, the camera pulls, pushes in tighter and tighter, tighter on his mouth. Okay, and go. so by the end, all we all see, see is a are... sickening grin of bloodstained teeth. Uh, uh, you glorify your intelligence because it allows you to have a right that you have a cause, that you are special, that you are great. But in truth, you are born insane, and such misery cannot be allowed to spread. Sick. That's and it. what's amazing is that, like, if you've watched Starship Troopers, this that speech fully can. I'm fully Team Bug now. I'm like completely like I'm now rooting for the end of humanity. I honestly like it better than the Matrix speech. The Matrix speech is great. And I don't. I don't need to. I don't have a lot of you're a virus, to right? Mr. It's the virus one, but it's like rather than being you're just a brain dead, you know, thing that wants to take over the world. It's like no. It really points to this like strange way that humans do think individualistically which then almost perverts it to the point where we become full group well i mean that's the whole fucking the whole american joke is this you know so right now in massachusetts there's people trying to pass a fair share amendment which would put a four percent surcharge and all income over a million dollars oh which is like not like extremely reasonable like uh and the opponents to this that i've heard are all of their arguments are like the most bad faith bullshit it's ever. Cr- i but, remember having a conversation with someone about this like four years ago yeah yeah currently i am about nine hundred and fifty thousand dollars away really? at this point congratulations from, from reaching that million dollar threshold so it could happen <laughs> i'm not going to count it out 
Well, are am, you including as a as a household or as an individual? Oh, as a household, I would say we're. Would well, that would bump it up to two million? How does that work? What? No, 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 no. It's all income. So if you, I think if you're filing together, it's yeah. all income over a million dollars. Okay. So adding in Allison's income, Fuck, we're dude, you're getting close. Nine hundred and twenty thousand. Like, we're, dude, we're don't boast. We're getting you're almost so there. We're so close. But like, that is America, where we're like, we shouldn't tax rich people. Theoretically. The argument that I heard was that we don't want to um, dissuade millionaires from from uh, just <laughs> investing in Massachusetts. Yeah, from from like, oh, they would we wouldn't have millionaires come here if uh, we tax them. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, Massachusetts has such a sterling reputation about taxation already. No, I mean it's like Massachusetts they call us. They sure do. Yeah, uh, the cult of the individual. It's funny because like so many boomers. They blended that with what they thought was countercultural leftism, but actually sort of was an even more virulent strain of like horrific libertarianism, which is like way worse, where this concept of freedom and personal expression have so yeah. like it's such a an intoxicating delusion that it's sort of like, yes, more and more people should suffer constantly to support this bizarre fantasy. Mm. Yeah. And this movie, like when we talk about this franchise and we talk about like what this podcast is about, it's like, has does each installment, I think we used to give more of a specific spiel back in the day, but that was forever ago. Who remembers? Wait, what? We used to give a spiel? Does this add or does this contribute or take away from the oh, world yeah. building? Right? Well, we sort of, I think we try to get to that in our question of if we're asking, but yeah, I think yeah. you're right. We used to care more. We used no, to, do, we actually, used to do a better job. This is actually a pretty good episode. I think. I think I don't, know, I don't know. We have talked a lot about diet versions of other people, which I feel like is people not like that. Super helpful. You know what? But... It's 2022. No one wants Brad Cooper heavy. Who am I kidding? Everyone wants heavy Brad. Do you want to take one more look at you? What? Do you want to take one more look at you? What? Hey, what is this? Do you want to take one more look at you? Oh, this is his uh, American sniper. Pa-pow, pa-pow. I'm gonna shoot at a guy in the head. He's Italian in that movie. Yeah, is he excited for his Leonard Bernstein movie? <laughs> What's that? He's his next big project. He's working. On, he's like directing, I think, and starring in a movie about Leonard Bernstein, the legendary uh, uh, conductor. Yeah, yeah. I'm not excited. Okay. It, he's asking when will it end, folks? On the Bernstein verse, the Burns verse. Wait, is that the Hitchcock guy? No. Who's that? The Hitchcock guy. I'm. I'm. It was Elmer Bernstein who did a lot of soundtrack work. I forget. I think he did the Magnificent Seven. Bum, 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 Who did the Ultimate Spider movie in Jaws? Oh, is that Bonanza? Oh shit, that is Bonanza. There you go. I love those croaking tunes. So no, I think what you were saying is that this is a great. This is great franchising because of precisely how different it is in some ways than the first one, where we don't want the first one again. Otherwise, we would just watch the first one, and then the comparisons would be, you know, like, oh, this is too close. And I think this does the perfect job of focusing down. Like, we got a huge scope. Like, as you said, it's a soap opera. It spans galaxies or whatever. It's got lots of people all doing different things in different places. This is like... No, well, let's just, all we want to see are is the meat grinder, and we want to see how the meat gets made. Right, and so we have Dax, who's like this battle-hardened skeptic who is against the propaganda and points out how bullshit the whole structure is, and we, and we, and 
not only do we see how that gets woven into the on, the endless ongoing jingoism and propaganda, but we also see a really convincing explanation from the bugs as to why, yeah. you know, because again, the whole thing is like the unprovoked attack from the bugs. And now it's like, no, no, no. Now we kind of get it. Like we attacked the humanity in the future randomly attacks this other planet just to like steal their resources and, and turns it into this like horrific xenophobic nightmarish imperial like war effort and the bugs are like no you guys are fucking sick in the goddamn head we'll do whatever we can to stop you because this is fucked up behavior yeah it's rapacious and scary and like of course the responsible thing to do if you're an alien and you come across humanity is to be like we got to stop this this is fucked up yeah they're the, the sith so that contribution to like the world building is kind of incredible. Like we we didn't really get this as in depth in the first film, and now we we now we see it the granular level of the mobile infantry experience without the propaganda lens, and and then of course seeing how that's fed into that machine again, and and a very like cogent, well well explained argument from the bugs as to what they're up to, and then we also get to see the cool psychic stuff for the first time. Oh my god! Ooh. Yeah, we were we sort of ended last episode with the like what, psychics might not even be real. It doesn't like it's sort of funnier if. Uh, Neil Patrick Harris <laughs> just is just shit making up. shit up. And he still might be. And he still might be. He yeah. might not be one. Um, but the psychic story was was good. Again, like, again, this is sort of why we're, I'm wondering if this was a much longer movie. The whole pregnancy thing was very strange. Like, yeah, the Sar- main... Sergeant Rake just tells... And that lady, she was great. She might be... She's MVP uh, caliber. Um, so basically, there's one official psychic who starts off being sort of a bad guy well he's like a wormy little officer yeah. where like he's perceived as like he's a coward and he's not as serious um oh it's kelly carlson plays Ch- uh, private soda the D- diet sharon stone who's mm-hmm. a very attractive woman not the same character we're talking about no character. but it provokes tor's amazing line when they think that she's having sex with another hot guy and she goes and he goes oh sipping some soda <laughs> yeah, that's now if you ever hear josh or me say uh you want to sip soda. some soda that we're having sex. that means we want to have some sex no i think we're talking about uh sandrine holt as private jill sandy i think i don't know i don't know there's a lot of actors so anyway um <laughs> it starts off she's like that's not her I was i'm a, i was a I was a psychic when I was a girl, but because I became a woman, no one wanted me to be a psychic anymore because we're not like, it was an interesting, like weird little misogyny moment where he's like, once you, once you hit puberty, men don't trust women psychics basically. Yeah. And they like, they gaslight her into making her like even feel like she's a bad psychic and she doesn't deserve to be a psychic anymore. But then it comes out later that he's like, oh no, you're a psychic and actually being pregnant makes you the ultimate psychic. Yeah, but again, we what's beautiful is that we can't tell if that's just like the internal misogyny of this bizarre right, system. Right, still could be. Right. But she uh, is, so she is this a good is the psychic. great Colleen Porch. Ah, you found her. The great Colleen Porch, um, who was in Transformers as Enlisted Aid. I know who killed nice. me as Vicky Redfeather. She did an episode of The Closer? She was in Demon Hunter. Why are you so excited about Porch? I don't know. It's funny her name is Porch. Yeah? yeah. Her family, do you think her family invented Porches? I don't think. Oh, wait. The pizza guy invented. No, spaghetti. Spaghetti. What's Luigi the name? Spaghetti. Luigi's spaghetti. So she's five, nine and a half. Good for her. If you would like to know what we're talking about, you need to subscribe to the Patreon. Yeah, dipshits. So, uh, yeah, Colleen Porch plays the great uh, uh, Lieutenant Leigh Sahara, which is great. 
That's a wild name. name. Do you think they just let all every actor name their own character? Well, we have Billy Otter, Jill Sandy, Charlie Soda, Otis Brick, VJ Dax. All these names. Have you noticed they all have like very hard one syllable? Joe Griff. Yeah, Griff. Duff Horton. Peck. Dax. Dax. Tom Colby. So one of the other things I loved about this movie, I sort of brought recruiting up recruiting sergeant. I brought it up. Oh, that's a good name. Yeah, that's the guy at the end. who goes more meat for the grinder. <laughs> Great ending. I love that this movie goes into full horror mode for like the last half hour. Well, it has some yeah. incredible effects. Like he like pulls out a dried, not a dried up, like a a, a small wizened but fully moist body who's like losing limbs as he's dragging it out. And then just like a a crazy bug erupts from it. And then the hunkiest of hunks hits it with a baseball bat. Why didn't they bring baseball bats everywhere? Uh, I I think it's a common weapon in these movies. I noticed a baseball bat. I thought it was a pipe or something. No, it was a baseball bat. All right. Well, it's good to have. Um, Can we get this out of the way? I I wasn't done describing the bug. Okay, go ahead. The hunk hits the bug. You're like, oh, good. A hunk kill bug. It then it turns out it's like a mama bug and it erupts into 20 tiny bugs. And it's like so gross, unsettling, fun, and cool all at the same time. Great moment. And then the hunk gets bugged. Yeah. That was sad. We often complain about parody issues with nudity. And uh, yeah, I would say the female hunk of the movie is probably Private Soda. She looks great. She looks good. She looks great. Covered in blood or not. She looks yeah. good. And yeah, she's, she's definitely... She's a, she, she bears the weight of being the naked person in the movie and does it admirably. She looks great. Yeah. We we see the my hunk of the film has to be Brick. Of course. Holy shit. Uh, Brick. I believe Another that's good the actor from getting this correctly. It's the great Billy Brown. Billy, I just like a tip of the cap, my friend. You look great in this movie. Holy yeah, and shit. it's funny because he comes in later. His his first scene is like oof. No, we see him a little bit. His big moment is when his big first moment is when he gets coffee thrown in his face because he can't He's fix the flirting door. Flirting with the Sarge. That's how they flirt. I don't yeah, want to flirt like that. Too wet. Yeah. Uh, and then we're like, oh, poor guy. Who is this poor guy? And then you, he like becomes a huge player for ten minutes, where he's the hunkiest of hunks. Well, we see him in his freaking uh, underwear. Fuck. I, but it's yeah, just, okay. Charles just turned on his flashlight, and it was sort of scary with my leg. How'd you do that? I don't know. Um. He should not have been wearing boxer shorts, especially like, do you remember boxer shorts from 2004? Yeah, that that, that era was very boxer heavy. Uh, I guess it's because pants were so big back then. You, pants were big, and, and the, the boxers that you could see above your jean line was a look. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. So he was wearing those kind of boxers, and it really didn't accentuate anything good. What we're saying is we it was so nice to see the rest of his body. We wouldn't have complained if he hung dong in this movie. No. And, and part of me is like, this is a direct-to-video, direct-to-streaming. Right. If it's I know, a, it sucks. We saw a, a, a naked lady. Let's see a fully naked man. Let's see his genitals. Yeah, it's only fair. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Can, yeah. Is this the wokest thing we've ever done? Maybe. You may know him as Detective Mike Anderson from 11 episodes of Dexter. <laughs> oh, I don't. I okay. never watched fair it. Fair enough. Never watched it. I heard it was... The first season is really good. Uh, I kind of fell out. He was in Star Trek crossover, crossover alert. He was in Double Star. He was in JJ JJ Abrams. Oh. Two thousand and nine. Can you do the alarm again? I think. The... <laughs> now that I get what you're doing, we... as medivac pilot. 
I was going to set up in this room, um, now that I have an office to myself with a bookcase. He did a voice for Star Wars, I was gonna, Force Unleashed. I was going to do that yarn thing, you know, like where you connect things. And I was going to have each verse. Command and Conquer 3. And how Kane's they connected Wrath. to other verses. Cloverfield? Are we ever... I love that movie. I have never seen Cloverfield. We should do it. Are we ever going to do... Um, you may remember him as Carson from do. Race to Witch Mountain. We could do the Cloverfield verse. Is there a third one? Yeah. He was in Command and Conquer 3 Tiberium Wars. I remember there's that. There's Cloverfield, Cloverfield Lane. And I've seen that one. Cloverfield... Hold on! Paradox? Beep, 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 beep. Double crossover. Double crossover. Charles, assume the position. I can't, but I, I'm doing it in my mind. He was Doberman in the Matrix colon Path of Neo, the video game. <laughs> <laughs> he was in Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic 2 The Sith Lords Okay he's done a lot of voiceover work I feel like Wait this is We're still talking about Brick We're talking about Brick Okay uh, Yeah he's got a great voice He's got a great body Oh he was Man Do you think it's a shame That he's most recognized For bodiless work When he's got such a nice body It's a shame It is yeah. kind of a shame Cause like If, if you're a Brickhead Like we are now Ugh, Can you imagine Just hearing that voice And just oh, Where's the body I want to see that tight, tight body. <laughs> I want to see all ab. Every ab. The man looked great. Yeah. It's, this movie uh, rules because everyone's really horny. And uh, like part of it is like... Except for Dax. Except for Dax is not horny. There's a great scene where... Um, she soda... suck on a cigar. Oh, my I thought God. it was a <laughs> We had to rewind. We haven't rewound a movie in months. Because what happens <laughs> is they're going through the, the remaining supplies at the abandoned outpost. And can, it is a little confusing because she goes, I will give you that it's a little confusing if you've never seen a cigar. Oh, my God. She goes, she says the phrase meat stick and yes. then out of the refrigerator pulls cigars. No. Second. No. Yes, I just watched it with you. <laughs> give me a moment. God damn it. She says, oh, there's meat sticks. There's sugar. There's this. There's that. And and then she goes, aha. And then she pulls out something. So obviously the meat sticks are gone. This is a new thing. It it's in a refrigerator and it looks like a stick. I thought yes, it was the okay. meat stick. A, hu- a a refrigerator on this planet is a poor replacement for a humidor. But sometimes Josh, you got to go with what you got. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here, folks. You can't. Ref- if I mean, you, you access, can. If you have access to a proper humidor and what upstanding what if you're listening to this podcast, and you don't have a humidor. Shut this the fuck off. And you know what? Fuck you, off. What you can do fuck is off. you can just get a drawer and put a wet sponge in it or something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, don't, I have drawers and drawers of wet sponges at home. <laughs> I wake up. I re-wet the sponges. I put them back How in the do you drawers. Do Saliva or piss? Um, a combination of the two. Oh. Depends what I've got more What's of. The you know what I mean? Sometimes I'm okay. drooly, drooly, drooly. Sometimes I'm pissy, pissy, pissy. Yeah. A drooly. A p- I feel like there are two kinds of people in this world. Drooly and pissy. Yeah. 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 God, can you imagine if you're neither? I don't want to imagine such a world. Launch that fucker into space. Hey, if you're listening and you're not drooly or pissy, turn go to space. shit off. Fuck off. Go to space. Fuck off. Yeah. Fuck off. Yeah, what were we talking about? Uh, when we were declaring <laughs> oh, yeah. Brickwince male hunk. Well, we were talking for some reason about the cigar scene. Oh, yeah, because then you got distracted by how. Sergeant conf- Dax just like sucks down on that cigar to get it all ready for lighting. Oh, not Dax. I thought she was sucking. Yeah, Sergeant. Oh, sorry, Rake. Sergeant yeah. Rake. God, there's such. We great gotta names. talk Dax though. So, so what I was saying is soda. Follow up. Soda is she's the two hunk. She's the naked. Yeah, and she's like, "Hey, I'm almost naked. Would you like to fuck now?" And Dax is shaving his probably two month length beard, maybe a month length beard. I don't know who my if that's way less than two months for me. I I just think, wait, what? 
that's pretty short for two months. Yeah, I was, I was just trying to. Okay, so we haven't talked about Dax. No, no, so but I just I'm, shut up for I'm, I'm getting shut to Dax. Up, shut up your mouth. She offers him herself, but we learn later that it's so that he she can bug him. Right. And he's like, all right, let's go over here, and then he's like, soldier, you drop and give me a hundred push-ups. That's how he is not in the mood to fuck. He's right. in the mood to shave and kill bugs. Right. Uh, so Dax, in general, in some of the. I don't know. This movie is a lot, a lot of fun. I love the set work. It's really great. We get to the abandoned outpost, and in the incinerator of the outpost, spray painted "murderer," which is so mm, sick. That was good. We got there's a chained up guy, and it's a freaking hunk. He's not brick level, <laughs> but I'd say brick is like a ten. Yeah, but brick is ten years his uh, junior. No, no, but I don't mind a grizzled silver fox. No, no I'm just saying eventually brick will grow into a deck. I think they're two okay. versions of the same. They're hunk. both big hunks. Yeah. Um, and so Dax, again, he's sort of like originally supposed to be Clancy Brown returning to be Zim and get some more Zim story, which I'm, I'm always here for. But Dax is like a cool, hunky guy who's like, I, my commanding officer was a piece of shit and I killed him and I do it again. I'm actually, I was initially just sort of overwhelmed by the idea of Zim coming back, but I'm glad it wasn't Zim. Yeah. I like that there's more Ironside to this character than Zim ever. Zim sort of... He's he seems intimidating at first, but once you get to know him, he's sort of like a, a little fucking teddy bear. Yeah, like knowing he would get busted down to private just to go back to kill some bugs for the Federation. Yeah, and he gets all weepy when medic. Yeah, no one's calling medic in this movie. Well, the medics we get are bad guy, hot bug infested guys. So yeah, not good. <laughs> don't not call, good. Don't call those. Don't call them. Who are you gonna call? Well, not the hot bug infested medics. What if you want a hot guy and you only got bug infested ones? Well, I mean, is that okay? Can I still call? Look, we've all heard about sexually transmitted diseases. Wait, what are those? But have you heard about sexually transmitted bugs? <laughs> Literally. No thanks. Oh, I get it. You're saying. It's a literal bug. Yeah. It'll crawl into your head. Oh, my God. Not good. The The psychic shit was cool. When Not she's good. like, when, when the woman, when Rake. Not Rake. Sahara. No, I'm saying when Rake comes in, is like, got needles in her leg and is like, I got a bug in my brain, son, here. I'm going to shoot my head off. Can you yeah. imagine? She's like, rescues him. He's like, oh, thanks for rescuing me. What's going on? And then Gotta she go. blows her head off. <laughs> so sad. Uh, a bug falls out of her head. And then, and then um, now I need the name. Sahara. Sahara comes in and is like, let me touch that bug and I'll see what's going on. And she gets, she just got some crazy fucking visuals, bro. Yeah, it's awesome. The, Sometimes when you drop a bean, you don't ever going to get visuals, just like a body thing. But like yeah. she gets visuals, oh, bro. God. She, the, the lone rook on the chess set turns into the tower that this whole movie's fucking yes. taking place and we're it's like brilliant. wait this is all happening in a chess set like, is this some fucking nolan shit this is so much better than a nolan shit. yeah it doesn't explain so much stuff and uh, probably part of it's just due to like basic budget concerns where it's like this was shot in 26 days they railed this movie out wow incredible seven million dollars 26 days here's what we're trying to say this, this looks, is a low budget but it shockingly looks creative. better doesn't look better than the first movie. But no, no, I'm saying it looks. I my guess is 15 million. I'm going to stand by it. This looks like a 15 million dollar well, movie. You're wrong. I know. I'm going to stand by it. Okay. I'm just saying. The, I believe it was seven, but they they really made it count. 
the they fucking special sure effects. Did. The special effects are good. The special effects are good. The storytelling is interesting. It's economic in a way that reminds me of Carpenter. The IMDb trivia claims there's references to you know the thing in this, which I didn't fully comprehend. But you know, in, in a way, this does get to the thing level yeah. of like we don't know who's infected no, and like who in, isn't. We're all trapped in the little base. Invasion of the body snatchers. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. This is one of the rare episodes where we've really talked earnestly about the movie we watched for sorry. 50 minutes. Sorry, listeners. This sorry. Sucks. We didn't goof around. Not as much as we could have or should God. have. Um, so let me let's let's get to it. We've we've been uh, we've uh, in, a, in a way that I was both overwhelming and confusing talked passionately about this film. Mm. Charles, we both asked when will it end last episode because we were genuinely terrified that something yeah. a diamond in the rough a, a big commercial blockbuster that is also a deeply subversive artistic masterpiece how could you improve on it or add to that world right i'm gonna go ahead and say i am reversing i am now ask i am not asking when will it end as we go into three because knowing that two so lovingly maintains the premise of one which is that we are watching a, an imperial piece of propaganda that is not to be trusted. I think it expands that world. It deepens that world. It creates new ideas about the dynamics at work in it in a way that doesn't cheapen it. I don't know. This is a great sequel. This is one of the great underrated sequels. Absolutely. This is, a, this is especially if you're a fan of the first one, which everyone in 2022 is now. It's now ca- fully canon that that's like a brilliant satire. We should all just appreciate the pure cinema of Starship yeah, Troopers. Yeah, no one. Actually, I haven't done this yet. I'm gonna. I'm curious how. Like, I like Letterboxd as just sort of a to see how popular a movie is to see because like you can't really trust the Letterbox score. But if you only see that like a few hundred people have rated it, it's really not doing much culturally. Um, but yeah, as you, I, you, you're definitely right that this does the thing. Here we go. Here are the Federation. It's rating on Letterboxd is a 1.7, uh, and it only has 328 reviews. So, like, that's the thing is, yes, it was a direct-to-video thing. It's, I think most people just immediately are going to, because they grew up with boomer parents, are just like, you dismiss the sequel, especially one that came out on video, even though maybe one of our favorite sequels came out on video, The Dark Fury. Oh, yeah, for sure. So it's like, we should just be, if you like the first one, you should just be sort of engaging. That's the whole point of the franchise, is that it's just more, and if you get lucky, it's different more. And this is the perfect different more. Uh, I want to read to you uh, a truly atrocious IMDb review. Love it. By a fucking moron. Can we we get the name? I can't find the name. I was trying to look for it. Oh, you got to get the name. Uh, Mendeliv. Mendeliv. Whoa, that sounds cool. It sounds like a like a I don't know an old Russian. They czar. somehow managed to screw up everything. One star out of ten. This movie is unwatchable. Wait, wait. I found every single feature I'm sorry. of it to be revolting. What was the date of the review? Two thousand four. Okay. Oh wow. So they complain about the effects. This is where it gets uh, mind blowing. And by the way, uh, this is what reviewing movies are all about. They obviously didn't have anyone research military tactics. When the bugs are about to attack, instead of holding out inside the base and killing the bugs in hemmed-in territory... That's what I said, though! A la Sun Tzu. 
Are you having? They didn't <laughs> contemplate Sun Tzu making this film. How dare they? I love like, that's the best. Is when like you didn't you didn't research military shit. Yeah, some armchair by going off to yeah. the book that was written two thousand years hey, get ago. This. Sun Tzu didn't fight any fucking bugs. Yeah, Sun Tzu they had no idea what a bug the base was. And massively expand their front. Yada yada yada. Super, super fucking stupid. The behavior of the general is completely stupid. He acts like a corporal at best. Yeah. What a fucking jackass. This guy sucks. What a loser. I'm sorry you read that. Okay. Can I read one on another no, box? No, no. I found another men delivery review of Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Put that thing away. Once upon a time, they made movies that didn't need full frontal nudity to tell oh a good my God, story. This guy is such the an plot ass. is fantastical and unrealistic. What a fucking loser. I found myself near screaming, oh God, I'm in a chick flick one too many times. What a piece of shit. This guy sucks. What a fucking jackass. You think this guy's real? One, he's against showing dick which is like get the fuck out two he didn't thinks like sarah marshall he thinks he's trapped in a girl movie yeah what a loser um apparently, and also he's, he's one of those guys like i liked zardoz fuck you dude oh because it has military shit in it it's cool this, you know the statues shooting out guns that's what sun tzu would have done <laughs> right. if he was in zardoz um this one's a two-star review um by Noctvector on Letterboxd. Noctvector? <laughs> Damn it, you... Nadavarik Uba Asusus. Yeah, it's in German. Yeah, sorry, that was a bad joke. Um, but the, everyone's like, I can't believe the guy from Jurassic Park did this movie. Half star. That's so ridiculous. This is what I'm saying, where like, th- there's this attitude where some people think that it it's somehow, one... Uh, everyone, you're a grub. You're a meaningless piece of dirt in a in a vast, complex, chaotic system that has depth that you cannot possibly fathom. But like the idea that you can't lower yourself to meet a seven million dollar straight to you know VOD essentially of its era, you know, movie. Like it's so it's such bad faith bullshit. Yeah, the fact that you can't love movies enough to see what this man did with an incredibly limited production budget and limited amount of time and limited resources this is such a fucking phenomenal contribution to, to this world with so little i don't know we're repeating ourselves here but yeah. fucking people are the worst they are yeah this is uh, this is so annoying if you love movies don't you want to go into these movies hoping that you're going to understand something about filmmaking or, or appreciate something about craft i don't know it just drives me God, crazy someone wrote of this what much. a loser for a one star review one star review it's also, endless it, the idea that you're smart enough to like to, to attack a fucking <laughs> straight to stars encore seven million dollar sequel you're a chode go fuck yourself yeah go go, go be like sergeant rake and and freak well no i don't know wait what blow your own freaking head off oh shit but it's so funny because this, this whole attitude about like People trying to take easy shots at something to fortify their sense of superiority is exactly what the bugs are talking about. Yeah. Okay. You know, if you compare reviews to Tremors, which I know you might like, I don't, it's like, this is better than Tremors. It looks better than Tremors. It's written better than Tremors. And yet Tremors <laughs> probably has like a three and 3.8 on Letterboxd would be my guess. Well, I think this just is taking on a much more complicated concept because Kind of like so Starship Tremors Troopers. Is 90, so it's not really a fair comparison. But it got 3.5. Hey, you were close. I was very close. You know, this 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 is brutally critical of Americans. It is. It, it's. I think it doesn't lose any of that intellectual, like the 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 heft of the first movie being like a sobering look at our own reality. This continues that. So I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Um. Well, I'm. I'm still undecided. I know in the spirit you're maybe supposed to 
not ask it if you enjoyed it. But I, I'm, I feel like the what the uh, the shoe shoes gonna is the that other shoes gonna drop? What did the did we drop the first one yet? I'm not really clear on that phrase, but I feel like at some point this is gonna devolve. But no, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw caution to the wind. I'm not asking. Well, also we this know this gives me a, a new courage to explore this. We series. know Rico's coming back, and I do want to check in with my man Rico. We saw his little tuckus in the first movie, and I so enjoyed it. Maybe we see his dong in the do next think- one. Maybe you know this. I'm sure he's spoken about it, but like the lack of dong in Starship Troopers is apparent. That was something we didn't talk about last episode, but it was like the shower scene. It's like Verhoeven shot penises. But and then, he was naked when he shot that. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah. yeah. But then the editors like just cleaned it all up. Well, I think they had to battle to get that movie into fighting shape to get it actually a rating. For So, I mean, I don't know. It's not that crazy, but I agree. It's a missed opportunity. And I'm certain Verhoeven in his... Uh, original format would have be dongs right and left God, dripping we, from the ceiling if there's one thing i want I mean, my birthday's coming up and christmas is soon after yeah just penis and starship troopers movie yeah fair enough well Do you think it's going to be in the animated one maybe it's a hentai I, I bet yeah oh my god i sincerely hope there's a hentai starship troopers okay i'm hungry and we're almost at an hour so let's move into i'm keeping track on my phone Oh, right, right, You right, don't control right, right. technology. You're not I the don't, Federation. But I do control time. You, Charles. I'm a time master. You're not a time master. I'm a time lord? No. Um, okay, time. so let me ask you this. Uh, we've determined our hunk picks. Uh, brick and soda, Mazel Tov. Yeah. I think, I mean, there are lots of choices, but they're obviously the winners. So uh, I, I think, uh, again, we said runner-up is probably uh, uh, Cool Guy Dax. I guess so. Played- yeah, it's sort of like, you know... Bake Off, where you just like season episode one, you're like, no, who's going to win? Like, there's lots of great by, bakers, but by Richard Berge, Berge? which is funny. That's funny. The hamburger hot. Dog. Um, MVP though is a whole oh, other oh, game. He, he kept the he kept the uh, the poster of him smiling and like clean shaven. That's awesome. So cool. Yeah. So actually, the, the, before we get to MVP, one I don't know if you caught this. He's a Leo. I caught that. But I really liked Big that Leo this movie ends with there's lots of scenes of bugs swarming at the camera. And the last shot of this movie is men and women running at the camera as though, what is the difference? And mm. maybe we're the bugs. Maybe we tell ourselves a story that we're so special. Yeah. Unique, but in fact, I think I got to give it to Dax. I think this movie, before Dax shows up, I was a little bit like, what is this movie? This movie's rubbish. And then it gets like that quickly becomes more, once they're isolated in that building, it becomes really fun. But I think he's the f- moment where we learn that this is going to be a different kind of movie. And I think he carries that the whole way through. He's a, he's a hunk. He's a runner-up hunk, and he's my MVP. Yeah. That's a great pick. You know me. I love hanging out on a porch. I'm going I'm going with... Uh, <laughs> She's my runner-up MVP. Lay Sahara. Oh I think uh, it's a surprisingly nuanced movie. And again, one of the saddest part of the reviews that we were just gazing at are all these people being like, oh, these fucking unknowns, like... Yeah. Are, people are doing good work in this. This is a fun movie. Yeah, they're, everyone's doing great work. Yeah, I think she does particularly good work. She has an interesting role to play where she's sort of like intimate with the big players in the world, but also a private and has the the psychic abilities. I liked her very much. Good performance. I'd watch her do anything. Good job, Colleen. Yeah, she's great. It's a porch hang for me. I feel like the only actor who I would even maybe consider being like, if it was the, the guy, the jittery guy, like... His stammering and shit. Oh, Peck? Yeah, he's just like a little... I think if they had gotten a slightly different actor who could corral that energy a little bit better, he's really the only one that's pointing to the scene showing, I think, for me. Everyone Fair else, enough. Every, I love Tor. 
Tor was great. Fucking beast. They love what's it. The, what's the guy from Jaws two we loved with the punch? Uh, fuck. AJ Billy. I can't no, remember. it's um. We love that guy, Kevin. Uh, Andy. Andy. <laughs> Andy. King Andy. Yeah. Uh, Tor is big Andy energy. Oh Sip my and God. soda. Sip and soda was great. Yeah. Um, I don't know. This was a great movie. It's a great scene. His death scene is the jittery guy's like, would you mind getting on the floor? He's like, you He's want like, me to lie down on the floor? You want me to lie on the floor and the put my hands over here? Yeah. Sure, I'll okay. do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he gets Look, bugged. all in all, listener, here's what we're saying. This is an 84-minute micro-budget sequel to a major blockbuster slash artistic masterpiece, and it is so much better than it has any right to be. If you want to be like a jack-off on Letterboxd and IMDb, sure, go crying home to mama. Go cry home to mama. Or so dada. Or, I don't know. Yeah, he wouldn't care. He wouldn't care. Yeah. Dada would just drink one of his beers. Yeah. Say he's watching the game. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, can't talk about my Starship Troopers feelings. But no, <sighs> great fucking movie. I loved it. I'm excited for three. I'd like to go now. Oh, God damn it. Why? Why can't you just go away? Let me just sit here. One, two, three. Are we going? It's recording. It's recording. Okay. Let's do it. Well, let's. We have to keep every time we talk. Wake now, discover my. Stop coughing. What do you have? COVID again? (laughs) Did you have COVID? I feel like you did. I feel like you did and you're lying. I might have. I gotta look up how much 5,000 yen is in American Dolores. Why? Uh, I don't know, I'm just looking at stuff. I'm... Okay. All right, you good to go? Oh, yeah, like forty bucks. Crazy.